0: Welcome to the Culture Watch Podcast, a podcast outreach of speaking for him. And today we are back with another round of reflections on news and current events. I'm so thankful for everyone that listens and I hope that if you gain some encouragement from today's episode that you will share it with your family and friends because that's one of the best ways for people to find out about the show. If you have any questions or comments or concerns, Please share them with me with the contact information that we'll roll at the end of the show. But let's now get into the news for the week of October 23rd. You know, a few weeks ago when I did this show, I shared with you quite a bit of content from Nikki Haley So although I often am not single person centric on this show or primary person centric, every once in a while there's a person that makes news in a big way. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders this past week was one of those people. I'm going to start out with a clip of her talking about the importance of signing her executive order against a woke agenda in the state of Arkansas. First tonight, we start with that new executive order signed by Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders today. Now, that order bans what she calls woke
1: and anti-woman words from state government.
0: All new at 10, 5 News reporter Parker Abels explains what's in this executive order from the Republican governor and reactions from members of the Arkansas Democratic Party.
1: In a moment, I'll sign an executive order banning a number of all sorts of ridiculous words from state government documents. Those include words like pregnant people, laboring person, birth giver, and several other nonsense terms that have cropped up in recent years.
2: Those the words of Governor Sanders as she signed the executive order banning all the words she mentioned and more. The governor then went on to say this is the start of the right fighting back against non-gender specific terms.
1: They're using nonsense words to erase women and girls and more importantly to erase our voices and our experiences. Today, we're taking a stand against woke nonsense. It's the left that decided that woman is a dirty word. It's the left that decided we needed to toss out basic biology and basic grammar along with it. I think they're just mad that conservatives are starting to fight back. And they better get ready because we're just getting started.
2: However, the president of the Young Democrats of Arkansas, Allison grigsby Sweatman, says this order is not what the governor should be focusing on.
1: Arkansans deserve a governor who focuses on issues that matter and that actually affect our lives and who doesn't use executive orders to fight culture wars over problems that don't really exist, things that haven't even been defined, words like wokeness. Those are not real problems.
2: Swetman also says this order will do nothing but divide the state even further.
1: Using executive orders in this way further divides our state and distracts from the issues that we need to be paying attention to, the issues that we expect her to govern about.
2: Covering news where you live, Parker Ables, 5 News.
0: You know, one of the most amazing things about this piece is that the Democratic response to this executive order is criticizing her for doing something non-important and avoiding things that truly affect the lives of people that live in Arkansas, while at the same time being part of a movement that regularly ends the lives of the unborn children around her, whose mission it is to embrace every piece of the woke agenda. And I really applaud Governor Sanders for making this executive order. Why is this? Because there was a day when a man and a woman were self-evident in their genders. There was a day when the founding fathers said that all men are created equal and that this was one of the self-evident truths that they were endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these were life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So you see what happened in this culture is that we have turned the paradigm around and we have said goodbye to self-evident truth and instead replaced it with individualized truth, which is whatever you want it to be on that given day. And that is why it was very important for Sarah Sanders to make this stand. It's not simply about the terms, but what the terms are a symptom of. If you can't embrace the truth of the two genders that God made, there is no room for you to embrace any other truth that is important to think about in today's culture. So, yes, this is an important thing. Because, ma'am, the same people that say that God made men and women also say that God made babies for a purpose and that they need to all be given the right to life. So, yes, it is important. And, yes, I do applaud Governor Sanders for making this stand. And I hope that it will make people think. Do they even realize the stupidity of the words that they say when they talk about chest-feeding individuals? It's ridiculous. There is only one type of person that is endowed with the wonderful gift of being able to feed a child from their chest, and that is a woman, the crown jewel of God's creation. The next story that I have to share with you also comes from Sarah Sanders when she discusses the agenda that the Biden administration has when dealing with foreign policy and how it is hurting our country.
3: Let's talk about the issue of where we are in immigration. Last week reports 19 Iranians were discovered at our border, 17 Syrians. Um, Governor, I got to imagine that with the president of the United States aiding and abetting what will be, at the end of this year, 8 million illegal immigrants into this country and giving them free transportation. And according to the congressional report, 99 percent, once they get in, they stay. They're not going anywhere. And we've got people on the terror watch list that they caught. I worry about how many they didn't catch. And I've just got to wonder, you as a governor, how you feel about the fact that in all likelihood, terrorists, people that have terrorist sympathies, have gotten into this country and terror cells exist. And there's been no vetting of any of these people. What do we do about that?
1: Well, not only as a governor, but as an American citizen, I'm frustrated. And I think everybody else should be, too, because this is the exact type of policy that this administration has allowed to not only weaken our country, but also embolden our enemies. The reason that we are seeing things around the world where we are fighting two different wars are because of the disastrous policies of this administration, whether it was empowering Iran, whether it's weakening our own border, the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. Every single area that they engage in, they either fail or weaken the strength of our country, and we cannot allow them to continue pushing these disastrous policies that not only hurt our country, but hurt our allies. We are seeing governors across the country step up and try to fight back against some of these outrageous policies, including at the border, because what they have allowed to take place is an absolute travesty, and it's, I think, just one of the many examples where this administration has failed the American people and allowed their recklessness not only to weaken us at home, but certainly abroad, as we're seeing unfold over the last several days and even months of the situation going on in Ukraine.
3: All right, Governor Sarah Sanders. When
0: Ronald Reagan was ascending to the office of President of the United States in the early 80s, his military policy was peace through strength. He said, I do not want to go to war, but if you test me, I will come after you. And on the eve of President Reagan becoming president, there were prisoners released back to America from a foreign power because they believed that Ronald Reagan meant business. And so he did not have to go to war to make that happen. He simply had to say... These are the facts. If you choose to keep these prisoners, I will go to war. And this foreign body listened. We have the exact opposite problem in the Biden administration. We have an administration that has not been threatening to the evil. Romans chapter 13 talks about God instituting governments. Why did he institute governments? He instituted them to reward the good and to punish the evil. But as we have already alluded to in our first story, we are living in a culture that, much like the one in Jesus' day, deserves his ammunition, woe to you who call good evil and evil good. We are in a culture where we are told that it is evil for parents to be involved in their children's education, but it is good for those same parents to be able to murder their unborn children. It is good for people to speak about the hundred genders in the world, but evil to talk about the love of Jesus. This is the world in which we live and we are very much in a place where we are allowing the possibility of a terrorist terror attack to come into this country by not vetting the people who live here. Does that mean that we do not want to welcome you here if you don't, if you want to become an American citizen? Absolutely, it does not. What we are saying is simply this. If you want to come to America, pledge your allegiance to America, go through the process to become an American citizen, and then enjoy the rewards and the prosperity that come with being an American. That is the bottom line. We cannot be afraid to show strength and to encourage peace through that strength. America has always been an ally to the downtrodden. We are supporting Israel because Israel is God's chosen people. And God says that whoever speaks against Israel will be cursed, but whoever stands with Israel will be blessed. This is an important thing for us to understand. I'm going back for one last clip from Sarah Huggaby Sanders This is a little bit longer clip, but I want you to listen to it in its entirety because there's some good stuff here. This is Sarah Huckabee Sanders fighting against the Chinese Communist Party and China in general by saying no more to them owning land in Arkansas.
1: It is great to be here this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. It's good to be here with our attorney general, Secretary Ward, President Hester, and so many of our great legislators from around the state. I have to say this past week has been pretty eye-opening. I, along with every Arkansan, have watched as the events unfolding in Israel, we have watched that in horror and sadness. The details are almost too terrible to describe. Especially for someone like me who has had the privilege of visiting the Holy Land and building lifelong friendships with a number of Israelis. But one thing is clear. America's enemies are on the march. They are cunning. They are brutal. And they will stop at nothing to harm America and our allies. We know who our enemies are. Not just Hamas and Hezbollah, but a regime in Iran that chants death to America an authoritarian Russia and a Chinese Communist Party whose stated goal is to defeat the United States at every turn. Yet for too long, in the name of tolerance, we've let these dangerous governments infiltrate our country. Arkansas will tolerate them no longer. Today, we are becoming the first state in the country to take an action like the one that we are announcing right now. At the beginning of my term, my administration worked with our partners in the legislature to get hostile foreign entities out of Arkansas. I was proud to sign Act 636, sponsored by Senator Johnson and Representative Vaught, banning foreign parties from nine enemy countries from owning agricultural land in Arkansas. And today, we are acting on that law. I'm announcing that Syngenta, a Chinese state-owned agrochemical company, must give up its land holdings in Arkansas. Syngenta owns 160 acres in northeast Arkansas, which it uses primarily for seed research. The company that owns Syngenta, Kim China, is also on the Department of Defense's list of Chinese military companies posing a clear threat to our state. Seeds are technology technology. Chinese state-owned corporations filter that technology back to their homeland, stealing American research and telling our enemies how to target American farms. That is a clear threat to our national security and to our great farmers, especially since the Chinese government enacted a law in 2017 requiring Chinese citizens abroad to collaborate with their country's security officials on intelligence work with no questions asked. This isn't about where you're from. We welcome Chinese Americans, Russian Americans, and anyone else who's given up foreign oppression for American freedom. This is about where your loyalties lie. We simply cannot trust those who pledge allegiance to a hostile foreign power. That's why I signed Act 525, sponsored by Representative McKenzie and Senator Boyd, to ban Chinese and Russian-made drones. And it's why I signed Act 758, sponsored by Representative McElindon and Senator Stubblefield, banning public contracts with the CCP. We will make sure that every company operating in Arkansas is a friend to Arkansas and good to hardworking Arkansans. Secretary Ward has already notified Syngenta about this decision. If they refuse to sell, our Attorney General can move forward with legal proceedings and force them to get out of our state. Arkansas will always protect our farmers and our national security interest. I want to thank our legislature for passing this common sense measure. And I want to thank the Department of Agriculture for working so hard on this issue.
0: Again, Sarah Hugabee Sanders hitting it out of the park. And let me bring you to the book of Joshua to consider the story of Joshua and the Gibeonites. If you recall, Joshua and the children of Israel were warned over and over through the years to not make unholy alliances with ungodly nations. They were pulled out of Egypt, in part, I believe, to make sure that they were true to the one true God. I believe that God's divine plan was to use slavery to cause the children of Israel to desire to leave Egypt for the freedom of journeying to the promised land. Now there was a lot of mistakes made along the way, but hear me out on this. First of all, you have the children of Israel going to Egypt to be saved from famine. Joseph is there and he's making sure that his father and the rest of his family are being taken care of in the time of famine. But Joseph does something very interesting as they come into Egypt. He tells his brothers to let the Egyptians know that they are shepherds. The Egyptians won't have anything to do with shepherds, so they give them adjoining land in Goshen. This was a way for the children of Israel to stay separate from the Egyptians, even though they were dwelling in Egypt. And what is the reason that God did not want them aligning themselves with other nations? It wasn't because God is racist. It was because God knew that the children of Israel were easily distracted by false gods. We can see this as the book of Judges unfolds later, that they had a huge problem with being faithful to their God. But I believe that this is a major reason why it was necessary for the children of Israel to leave Egypt, and they may never have left Egypt if they hadn't been pressed into slavery. Why do I say that? Because mere days after leaving the slavery of Egypt, they tried to get a posse together to go back to Egypt because they said at least our pots were full. At least there was plenty of food. Because they were complaining and griping to Moses. So back to the Gibeonites. The children of Israel were not supposed to make allegiance with the Gibeonites. But instead, they were persuaded to believe a lie. The Gibeonites pretended to have gone on a far journey to find the Israelites in the wilderness And they purposely brought old bread to make sure they could pull it off. And Joshua, the text specifically tells us, without seeking the Lord, accepts them. Only to find that they were a group of people that they should not have aligned themselves with. And then they couldn't kill them, but they made them their servants for the rest of their days. For their deception. So all that to say is I don't think that we as a nation in America should make an alliance with every country. There's obviously countries that are evil and have no place being supported by America. That's why America engages in so many foreign wars on the behalf of other countries because we have allies and we have countries that are clearly not our allies. That is why D-Day was so important in the world stage. That's why it's considered the turning point of World War II because the U.S. and Canada and Great Britain, among others, went and landed on the beaches of Normandy and said, enough is enough. You are not going to capture the entire world, Adolf Hitler and your cronies. We are going to pursue freedom for the world, and they did. And sadly, we are losing the greatest generation. There is only a handful of these World War II veterans left, and I think our country is worse off for that. We've become a generation of people that do not understand the necessity of war. Please don't misunderstand me. I do not want war. I don't think anyone should want war. But sometimes war is a necessity. And we are in a place here where Hamas attacked Israel and Israel is retaliating to protect its people. The chosen people of God are retaliating against the terror of Hamas to protect their people and they are being called out by members of our very own Democratic Party and told that they should negotiate a ceasefire. Hamas attacked them. They are fighting to preserve their homeland. And as I've said before on this podcast, it never goes well for people that mess with the Israeli people. They were chosen by God, through Abraham, to become a great nation. They blessed us all when the tribe of Judah produced the Lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus Christ. So we all owe our salvation to the Jewish nation. So we should side with the Jewish nation in this conflict. And again, let us not be deceived. Hamas is the aggressor in this case. They attacked Israel. Israel is simply trying to defend their homeland. And we need to make sure that we are on the right side of that debate. But all that to say that in our personal lives and our life as a nation, we need to be careful who we align ourselves to, and who we become friends with. Paul said, evil company corrupts good manners. And I think this applies personally and nationally. That actually is a good segue into my last story of the day today. And that has to do with Tim Scott calling out these pro-Hamas Democrats who are asking for this ceasefire. Take a listen. Members of the socialist squad gathering (laughs) in our nation's capital yesterday calling for a ceasefire as
1: Israel fights Hamas terrorists in Gaza. A ceasefire now to save lives. We cannot continue to stand idly by, numb, as we watch this death Klein. We stand here today calling for a ceasefire because all life is precious. Where is your humanity? Where is your outrage? Where is your care for people? Senator Tim Scott now calling for their expulsion, adding that the U.S. cannot continue funding terrorists by sending money to Iran.
2: He joins us now with more. Senator, welcome to the show. You're running for president. Hey. Uh, we need a speaker in our house. Uh, we interviewed actually a member of Congress earlier about that idea that if we had a speaker of the house right now, maybe they could take action. Uh, but uh, but running for president, as president, would, would you be calling for members of Congress to be expelled?
4: Well, listen, I, I certainly, certainly the, the entire American people want those members of the squad expelled. And certainly as president of the United States, I would want them out of Congress or at least taking all their responsibilities away. Listen, we cannot have people, the squad, as a propaganda, part of the propaganda machine of Hamas. You cannot have a Palestinian property on American property, especially in the House of Representatives. We are sending the worst message I can think of. You just saw, we saw October the 7th, Hamas come into Israel and burn babies alive. We saw beheadings. We saw grandmothers taken, women raped, and the response is to ask Israel for a ceasefire? I hope (laughs) Israel wipes Hamas off the face of the earth. I'm gonna tell you, America's blessings in part come from Psalms 122.6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I think we should mourn with those who mourn. We have done that with our ally Israel. But Romans 13, 4 speaks of the wrath of God brought upon people who do evil. I can't think of anything more evil than the pictures of those burned little babies. And to have the squad tell people, to have a ceasefire, to have the squad keep up a tweet that says that Israel was responsible for 500 deaths at a hospital, even though it has proven to be a lie. I find their actions despicable. I find their conduct disgusting. I find their presence as a part of the House of Representatives. Antithetical to what we stand for as a nation, not as Republicans, not as Democrats, but as Americans. We stand against hate, and that's exactly why I am leading on legislation that eliminates funding for universities that say it is acceptable for their students to call for genocide, Hmm. it is acceptable for their students to support terrorism, it's acceptable for their students to support murder. You have free speech, but you can't be an idiot. And so I think pulling the funding, the Pell grants from colleges and universities that support that kind of malignant behavior is in the best interest of every Mm -hmm. single good American who understands that funding colleges should be for the education of our kids, not for the indoctrination of our
0: kids. When we talk about freedom in the Bible, we need to realize something. Paul said in Galatians that we are to stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. But then he says, Don't use liberty as an excuse to be sinful or to serve yourself, but rather by love serve one another. When the founding fathers conceived this land of liberty, the idea was plain that liberty was found when people did Not everything they wanted to do, but the things that they ought to do. It is in doing the things which we morally ought to do that true freedom is found. And now we have many members in our own Congress today who do not understand American values, who do not understand the reality of liberty, and thus are extremely twisted on this israeli hamas conflict and are suddenly trying to be the pictures of compassion. As I was listening to that clip and them plead for compassion for children, I wanted to yell at this audio clip, where were you when the blood of unborn children was calling out to you leading up to the 2020 election? There has never been a bigger push by the Democratic Party to kill the unborn children of America. And yet they want to ask us to support Hamas and call on Israel for a ceasefire in the name of protecting children. They don't even know what it means to protect children. And they certainly don't know what it means to separate the allies from those who fight against the very things we value. And so I fully stand with Senator Scott. I thank him for boldly proclaiming the scriptures on national TV. And he went a step further in this final clip that I'm going to share with you today. And I was extremely heartened to hear this.
1: I have to tell you, uh, Senator Scott, I'm so encouraged, but I just think we should defund all these universities. They have all become indoctrination machines. Um, we should stop, uh, you know, we should start taxing those endowments and giving them all the favors that they get. Because everything yeah. that's bad with America right now, whether it's, you know, this situation of, of of, you know, rich white kids, you know, supporting Hamas all the way to gender ideology and everything else that's happening in our country, it all starts... With, with these universities,
3: especially our Ivy Leagues.
4: You're exactly right. One of the one of the things I find challenging is if you believe in 100 genders, you have freedom of speech. If you want to speak about your faith and your love for Jesus on a college campus, somehow that's called hate. And yeah. you lose your First Amendment rights. We as a nation, there are good people on both sides of the aisle. I frankly, here, here's what I believe. I believe that Joe Biden can't even be honest about any positions because he's beholden to the squad. Political power is more important than doing the right thing for the radical left. Control is more important than doing the right thing. And frankly, they'll use race, class, and even genocide from the squad in order to hold on. The political power.
0: As I look at this conflict and I look at our president, here's what I see. I see our president trying to toe the middle of the line. I have heard him decry Hamas while at the same time trying really hard not to come down too hard on them. Because as Tim Scott says, he's beholden to these people in the Democratic squad for the position that he's in right now. And he does not want to upset the apple When I think about this administration, I think about the Pharisees and religious leaders of old. Because even as they were dealing with Jesus' popularity, they never directly spoke against any of his specific teachings. The biggest push of their adversarial relationship with Jesus is that he is taking away their popularity. They said, if we don't stop Jesus from collecting followers, he will take away our place and our nation and that is what they cared about that is something to think about as we continue to pray about the situation in Israel and as we continue to engage with people around the water cooler this week To realize that if we had a group of humble people who truly wanted what was best for America, who were in positions of power in Washington right now, we could see a great revival in our nation. But the exciting thing is that you and I, as believers in Jesus, can start the revival here and now. We can commit to dedicating ourselves to living lives of humble service to the Lord Jesus Christ. We can do that in our homes, we can do that in our communities, we can do that in our cities, we can do it in our states. And if the Lord so calls, we can do it in Washington, D.C. But revival starts with individuals, and then spills into families, and then spills into communities, and then spills across the country. That is how revival begins. So even as we pray for Israel in this Israeli Hamas conflict, may we also pray for our leaders stateside that they would come to a place of humility and realize that they are the servants of the American citizens and that they have a humble responsibility before God to do the right and godly thing not the popular thing. You see, when you stand for truth, you can be bold. When you stand for a lie, you'll be scared and weak. The Bible says the wicked flee when no man pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. So the question is, which are you going to be? Are you going to embrace the righteousness that Jesus offers through salvation in his Son and thus be bold for the truth? Or are you going to flee in weakness? That's really the choice before us. Much like Elijah on Mount Carmel, we are being asked, How long halt ye between two opinions? If Baal be God, serve him. But if the Lord be God, serve him. I am here to testify that the Lord is God. And so his standards should motivate everything we do as we are serving our country. That's about all I have time to share with you on today's Culture Watch I hope that you've been encouraged and I hope that if you are encouraged, you will share this with someone in your family or your friend group. That's how we grow the show. If you could take some time to share a review on the podcast platform that you are listening on, particularly on Apple podcasts, I would truly appreciate it. Until next week for culture watch, this is Andrew Gomeson saying keep serving the best